Next to Does America. Uh, let's start with the end of Roe versus Wade. Or is it? I mean, we got to put the question mark at the end of it because I refuse to count chickens before they hatch. And it's, in, you know, considering that process of the chicken coming out of the egg, maybe this is the right usage of that particular idiom. Uh, I will say this. I'm going to lead the show with the disclaimers because they're incredibly important. I don't know if this is actually going to happen. I would not be at all surprised if we have some magical change of heart by one of these justices the last second and this changes and they don't actually go through with it. So I will tell you, until I see it actually occur, I will not believe it. I have spent most of my life uh, now, I guess, right around most of my life in this ridiculous industry, but certainly most of my career, uh, I have spent believing that this day would never come if it does come. It hasn't come yet. It was just a leak. It has not actually occurred yet. Uh, but I didn't honestly believe we'd ever see this. And I kind of just thought it was one of those things that we would talk about and do the best that we could and, and try to advance things with the idea that, as I've said many, many times, eventually we'll get there. Eventually, the American people will wake up to this. But I don't know if we're going to be around for it, honestly. And uh, whatever. You know, that's if that's if it's going to take decades. It's going to take decades. That's just the way uh, that it works. Um, but here we are with a leaked document to just give you the quick rundown, uh, the the opinion from the Supreme Court, supposedly by uh, on board five justices enough to pass this through would be an overturn, a complete and utter overturn of Roe versus Wade and Casey, uh, the early 90s abortion case. Basically, we would go back to the place where states would be able to decide and legislation would be able to decide. Largely the reasoning, as we'll go into lately, to say basically, hey, this is, uh, there's nothing in the Constitution about this. This is not our purview to start making rules up in this area. The legislation should be doing that. So we'll get into that here in just a little bit. As you might imagine, however, this news was not taken in stride by many on the left. They lost their gourd uh, here is uh, just a quick montage from the recently doxed libs of TikTok. This abortion law goes beyond a woman's issue and it goes beyond anything you can ever imagine. The societal implications of this are going to be insane. Really? The amount of uh, just pain and damage this is going to oh cause gosh, and the true. full ability to tell a woman what she can and can't do with her body. Oh my we're gosh. going back into a Handmaid's Tale society it's here. Handmaid's Tale. All of you women. All you women. Who sat home? Who sat home? All you young girls, adults over 18 years old who did not go out and vote. Give me another drink. Who did not think that you need to protect your womb. Your womb? We're now back in the dark ages. Dark ages, okay. Um, Brace yourselves, ladies. Brace yourself, ladies. I'm with you. I'm with you, too. My heart is your just heart. You broken. Can't your kids. I know. I don't understand why this country hates women so oh, much. Oh, we just despise the women. I not just the ones don't understand born, it. But yeah, you, you you don't understand, do you, dear? We'll get through this. We'll, we'll figure you? out a way. Mm, is it The Handmaid's Tale? Let me ask. Yeah, let me ask you. I bet you think it's The Handmaid's Tale. No more joking about it being. It being. The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, there we be. go. <laughs> of course. <laughs> an attractive bunch, by the way. Um, you know, it's interesting uh, uh, there. Uh, seemingly the only reference anyone knows is The Handmaid's Tale. Now, I doubt they read the book. I'm going to go ahead and say they have Hulu. 
Probably not even the paid version. I think they've got Hulu with the commercials, but they're watching it, apparently, and now they know what this is going to be like. Now, you might say there's a bunch of crazy people on the Internet, and they sound ridiculous. Well, we've got other crazy people who commented on this as well. Uh, Here is Joe Biden, who really has gone back and forth on this issue. At one point, he sort of was sort of moderate for the Democrats when it comes to abortion back in like the 80s and 90s. He's long gone from that position, though. Here he is uh, talking about the leak of the decision. If this decision holds, it's really quite a radical decision. Is it? Um, And again, the underlying premise, and again, I've not had a chance to thoroughly go into the report. Okay, so definitely comment on it anyway, though. But it basically says all the decisions related to your private life who you marry, whether or not you decide to conceive a child or not, whether or not you can have an abortion, a range of other decisions, whether or not how you raise your child. What does this do? uh, Does this mean that in Florida they can decide they're going to pass a law saying that same-sex marriage is not permissible? It's against the law in Florida? Uh, So there's a whole, it's, it's a fundamental shift in American jurisprudence. I actually understood The Handmaid's Tale more than that. That was actually a better comment than what Joe Biden just said. I, you know, he's trying to say that this is a slippery slope. They're going to start overturning all these other things. Look, I mean, in the ruling, it specifically says that that is not what this ruling says. I mean, it's, it, the opinion, assuming it holds in the form that was leaked, says the exact opposite of what Joe Biden just warned over. So uh, if he's actually worried about that, which I doubt he is, uh, he, he should not be. He should be worried about other things. He's got other things going on. Might be a little uh, worrisome. Hillary Clinton is still around. Uh, She was at the Met Gala last night uh, looking wonderful as an African-American gentleman in a N95 mask was fixing her dress as she stood there without a mask on. Uh, She said, not surprising, but still outrageous. This decision is a direct assault on the dignity, rights and lives of women. Again, I guess we're not not referencing the children that would turn into women. Those those lives don't matter at all. Not to mention decades of settled law. That's a stupid point. It will kill and subjugate the women even as a subjugate. What are you talking about? Subjugate women, even as a vast majority of Americans think abortion should be legal. What an utter disgrace. Here's the uh, going to surprise Hillary. Uh, abortion will still be legal in the country. You might have some moderate travel, as we noted earlier, that will be, by the way, completely paid for by an anti uh, anti life organization. Uh, or maybe even in your company, Amazon is ch- uh, forking out $4,000 per employee uh, to travel to other states so they can have abortions. California has been talking about taking taxpayer dollars. New York is taking taxpayer dollars and paying for people to fly in for abortion tourism. Abortionism. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think you're going to like it. Um, let's see. Bernie Sanders is also insane. He says Congress must pass legislation that codifies Roe versus Wade as the law of the land in this country. No! I just that that was capital letters for those of you on podcast. And there, if there aren't 60 votes in the Senate to do it, which obviously there are not, um, we must end the filibuster to pass it with 50 votes. Now, of course, Bernie wants to end the filibuster for like, you know, to, to change Friday to pizza day at the at Congress. I mean, the, the guy wants the he wants to do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. I mean, the smarter Democrats, not to say Bernie is a complete idiot or anything. I'm not saying that, but the smarter Democrats realize, of course, if you do this, then Republicans will do the same thing and just 
overturn it and you guys will just be overturning laws back and forth every single Congress. Uh, it's just going to be silly. This is why, of course, the filibuster has had such a long reign and is something that makes sense for uh, our government. The, the idea that precedence uh, is being overturned here is, of course, true. I mean, look, Roe versus Wade, you know, 50 years ago, terrible decision. Casey built on that decision, I think, made it worse. And it's hung around for a while. That's no reason to not overturn it, though. If if it's completely unconstitutional and terribly argued, which it was, you overturn it. We've had several instances of this. In fact, a good chunk of the decision or opinion, the leaked opinion, which is not final, by the way, not final. Uh, that is just going over the cases where this has happened before. So the argument that this is some uh, long-standing tradition, of course, is uh, completely absurd. AOC had a dumb point, too. She said people elected Democrats precisely so we could lead in perilous moments like these to codify Roe, hold corruption accountable, and have a president who uses his legal authority to break through congressional gridlock on items from student debt to climate. It's high time we do it. Again, this is the plea. Please go uh, with the filibuster so we can have 50 votes. And in case you're not, uh, you know, you're not into the minutia of this, normally you need 60 votes uh, with the filibuster. You get rid of the filibuster, which is just a Senate law. You'll only need 50 votes. They have exactly 50 votes, plus one, as Kamala Harris would get them over the line. So they could pass pretty much anything they wanted in this scenario. Uh, if you're wondering how that affects abortion, well, what they want to do is in lieu of Roe versus Wade going away, they want to pass a law that would basically do the same thing, require states to have, you know, I don't know, abortion huts on every corner. Um, can they do that? It would be challenged in the courts. I don't know that they have the power to force abortion on the states. They would try it. Uh, for sure. I think it would be overturned in the courts, but we don't know for sure. And you never know what the court looks like when that case reaches uh, the Supreme Court, which it undoubtedly would. The other part of this is what we keep saying is it's going to go back to the states. And that's true. We'll go over kind of what that map looks like here in just a second. But it's important to know that they want to avoid that. Like their worst case scenario is uh, is that states will be able to make these decisions for themselves. Now, we might look at that as a win and it's because Texas will not have abortion. In fact, they've already passed a law that says if Roe versus Wade is overturned, abortion is illegal in the state. Um, I don't know all, I don't remember all the details. I can't remember if there's a, a life, uh, a rape and incest exception or life and health exception. I can't remember all the details for the Texas one. There's a bunch of different laws that work like this. They're called trigger laws. And so they're triggered if Roe versus Wade is overturned. There's a bunch on both sides. We'll show them to you in a second. But the point is the, the left wants to avoid that. They don't like that idea. That is not the ultimate outcome for us, however. Uh, the ultimate outcome is not so, you know, a, you know, people in Texas have to get on a flight and go or drive across the line into New Mexico where they can have an abortion, you know, five inches across state lines. This is not the outcome. We want the kids to live. Again, the hateful side of this argument, for some reason, seems to be the one that wants kids to live. How did that happen? How did that happen? Exactly. So two things are important here. One. What about Manchin and Cinema? Are they going to be won over by this extraordinary circumstance? Uh, you know, we didn't see this coming. We didn't know this was going to happen. We said we were opposed to the filibuster. Well, we, we have to change our mind and do it just for this one thing. Okay, here are the quotes from Manu Raju, uh, who says Manchin uh, has a quote, the filibuster is a protection of democracy. So he's still standing by it, supposedly. Cinema says protections in the Senate safeguarding against the erosion of women's access to health care have been used half a dozen times in the past 10 years and are more important now than ever. In other words, she's saying, look, the institution matters and we're going to stick by the filibuster. I don't think you're out of the water yet, first of all. 
mansion, cinema, any point could change their mind. Number two, uh, you got to look at uh, the possibility of an issue with um, uh, either Collins or Murkowski or both. Uh, that's still a risk. They're pro-choice Republicans, and they may, may very well flake out as well. Let me give this map real quick before we take a break, and we'll have more on this in a second. This is the these are the trigger laws. Uh, this is from Axios. You see, you've got uh, Oklahoma, Texas, Louisiana, Arkansas, Mississippi, Kentucky, Missouri, Tennessee, all down in the south have already passed the law, and all the blue ones over here in the Northeast and stuff like that. They're going to say, "Hey, Roe versus Wade basically still applies. You can still get an abortion here." And then there's uh, kind of the West is a little is a little varied up here. You have half the states who are doing it, and half of them aren't. Let's take a, a quick break and come back with more on this. And we have Josh Hammer today to explain us all the smart things we need to know on the Supreme Court decision as we go through it all here on Studios America. We've talked a lot about the things that would be good about Roe versus Wade being overturned. And we've talked about how abortion's really going to wind up being accessible for a long time anyway, and even though I don't really want that to be the outcome. But we haven't really stopped to think about the problems. Maybe we haven't considered them fully. Let's go through some of them. Dave Portnoy has vowed to vote Democrat if Roe versus Wade is overturned. This is like going back in time. Now, Dave Portnoy is the guy from Barstool Sports. He interviewed the president. Seems to be kind of, uh, if he had to pick a political side, maybe leaning to the right. But he does not want abortion to go away. Now, considering the fact that Dave Portnoy, other than sports, is probably best known with hooking up with a gaggle of 19-year-olds, he might just be like two abortions short of a free abortion on the card. He's punched it that many times. He doesn't want it to go away because, you know, maybe it's something that that helps out from time to time uh, in his particular life. But, hey, we want to make sure we're giving you both sides of the story. Women on TikTok are upset because they say hookup culture will be absolutely decimated if Roe versus Wade is overturned. Now, (laughs) I don't know. I mean, maybe if maybe you should just take steps in advance of the abortion. Is there anybody out there? Can they just say, hey, I understand things happen from time to time. Uh, That's uh, me. But like probably if you're going to be involved in hookup culture, you probably want to be doing other things rather than just waiting for the after hookup abortion. But, you know, again, I'm old timey here on this one. Um, And of course, will this event, will this event continue to exist if we don't have Roe versus Wade? Sex Island. Ah, yes, Sex Island is a new vacation. It's offering guests unlimited sex with 100 women. Now, you can be involved in this. I believe they still have tickets available. They're only selling 50 tickets. So this is a very exclusive event. You'd be in Nevada somewhere outside of Las Vegas from May 5th to 8th. Wait, that starts today. Are you there? Are you watching this at Sex Island right now? If you are, make sure to tweet us. I want to know what your experience is like at Sex Island. Basically, what they've done is they've hired 100 prostitutes to come to a place with 50 guys and they say you get two per day. Uh, so that sounds like, I mean, it sounds like a lot of fun. $4,500 is the ticket price. So, I mean, there you go. I don't think I, don't think I want to go any further into that story. Uh, there are problems, as we've just covered, with... Roe versus Wade going away. Sex Island might also go away. And that's just that's a it's a future for America that is too dark for me to contemplate. Um, But I will say, you know, you kind of get this situation going on where this just drives everybody crazy. People just say things that they shouldn't be saying. Uh, For example, let me give you a story 
in three tweets. Tweet number one. Interesting real-life trolley problem in America now. If you had the chance to kill Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito, the two oldest right-wing Supreme Court judges, should you do it while Biden can get his nominees to replace them confirmed? Hmm. Tweet number two. It is interesting as an abstract question, but becomes a real conundrum if, say, you're terminally ill and have little to lose yourself, but know that it could save many women's lives in the future. This idea that getting rid of Roe versus Wade is going to save a single woman's life is completely ridiculous. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say many more lives will be saved. Just going out on a limb. By the way, that was tweet number two. Here is tweet number three. I've removed my two recent tweets about the U.S. Supreme Court, and on reflection, they're obviously pretty irresponsible, though I don't think they would be against Twitter's terms of service. Are you kidding me? We can't say anything about, we can't say, like, um, a man is a, is a man, and you don't get kicked off of Twitter because you're threatening two Supreme Court justices, or at least giving people, if you happen to be someone who is uh, terminally ill, maybe this would be a good idea. What do you think? Uh, I don't know. That's just the way, it's just making people insane. And, and the problem here partially, is that people don't understand what this is. They don't understand what this is. I mean, Dave Portnoy is a good example. He thinks he's going to lose his 19-year-old hookup abortion possibilities. And it's like, well, honestly, Dave has plenty of money. He can fly these women all over the world to get abortions. And honestly, I think he lives in like Boston, New York, and, and Florida, none of those states are going to get rid of abortion. Florida is, I guess, kind of a question mark, but I doubt it. It's probably have a limitation on it, but they're not going to get rid of it either. So the problem is that people don't understand this. A lot of times you're seeing people like um, Elizabeth Warren walking around saying, this is so terrible because 70% of people don't want Roe versus Wade overturned. And that was less annoying than her voice. And there are polls that show that you can find what you want if you want to find a supporting piece of evidence in abortion polls, because there's so many of them. They ask so many questions, so many different ways. And Elizabeth Warren, dishonest hack that she is, is looking for the one that supports her argument the most. Today, I'm just going to give you a lot of data here. It's Chartapalooza, conservators unite. And I will give you a lot of data so you can kind of see what people actually think in uh, America about abortion. And first of all, I will tell you one thing they do not know is what Roe versus Wade is. This is not me telling you that. It's polling data telling you this. 65.7% of the sample incorrectly answered that abortion would be illegal everywhere if Roe versus Wade were overturned. Two thirds of the country has no idea what this thing is. You want to talk about pathetic. It's not like we've been dealing with this issue for 50 years or anything, but that is where America is right now. So we have a situation where Democrats are saying, "Okay, if Roe versus Wade is overturned, what can we do here? Sure. States like California and New York and and Massachusetts will keep their abortion laws. It'll be abortion huts on every corner. You can do drive through abortions. Uh, You can get an abortion uh, while you're having uh, brunch. All these things will be available in those states. But how do we force it on states who don't want it? That's really their plan. So what they're going to do is try to pass a federal law. 
You don't need to have a constitutional amendment for abortion to be legal everywhere. At least there's argument on that. And they believe they can pass a federal law that would require states like Texas to give uh, abortions to people who want them. So they have a law that is going through uh, Congress. They're going to try to get it through the Senate as well. Chuck Schumer is promising a vote on this thing. And it does a couple of major things. It does a bunch of things, but it does a couple of major things. Number one, it will overturn all the state laws. So that means a lot of stuff that people on the left have not thought of. For example, in 2011, when Gallup asked the question whether they favored a law requiring women under 18 to get parental consent for any abortion, 71% said yes, and only 27% said no. And that's a kind of a an older poll. So they asked, hey, why don't you guys follow up on this? And here's how they responded. Asked why the organization hasn't polled that particular question in the years since, a Gallup spokesman told National Review in an email that we consistently found that about seven in 10 Americans support that proposal across nearly two decades of polling on it. So part of the reason we haven't updated it recently is because of how little it has changed. So this is something that is Ingrained in the society, 70% of people think when you're 14, you should have to at least alert mommy before you get a massive medical procedure done and kill your grandchild. That's something that most people agree with. However, the new democratic law would overrule that and make it so you could not implement that law in your state. You would not be able to require your 14-year-old to tell mommy and daddy when something like this was going on. That's part one of the bill. Part two of the bill uh, goes to basically create a nationwide standard on abortion rights. National Review explains what it does. It would create an absolute right to abort a child before fetal viability. That is, according to the act, when a baby born would likely survive outside the womb. And it would prohibit states from protecting life after viability until birth if a lone one one health care provider determines that the continuation of the pregnancy would pose a risk to the mother's life or health. OK, so basically you go back to not Roe versus Wade, but Casey and Casey gave was the viability standard. Uh, so usually that's estimated at 24 weeks. That's usually the, the shorthand they use. So up to 24 weeks. You're totally fine to get an abortion at any point for any reason. And regardless of your age, you don't have to tell your parents, none of that stuff. That's the Democratic plan, zero to 24 weeks, whatever you want, whenever you want. Now, that's not a popular uh, proposal, as we'll go to here in a second. Um, But, okay, you know, after that, what about after that? Well, after that, abortion would be potentially restricted. However, there would not be any restrictions that could override one doctor. Tell me if you can find a left-wing doctor that will approve this every single time. One doctor who says, oh, yeah, the health. Oh, yeah, the health. Now, what does health mean? Uh, Would would a continued pregnancy affect the woman's health? Now, it's possible that a woman could have a a pregnancy that would really affect her health and could create some serious health problems. It's obviously incredibly rare, though it doesn't seem to be rare when these policies are implemented. All of a sudden, everyone's finding health problems everywhere. But it's not even just a serious health problem. It would create, uh, excuse me, uh, the bill's chief sponsor in the Senate has acknowledged the legislation doesn't distinguish between physical and mental health. And the text of the bill explicitly instructs instructs the courts to liberally interpret the legislation. There can be no doubt that the courts would broadly interpret health as Doe versus Bolton. The companion case to Roe defined health, physical, emotional, uh, psychological, familial, and women's age 
All these factors may relate to health. Familial health? Your age? In other words, they can come up with anything to justify this, and they do. Whenever this policy is in place, if someone comes in past the deadline, they say, well, I might get depressed if I have this kid. Okay, you can kill it. That's the way that's used. It's used that way all the time, everywhere it's in place. And so this would put uh, a nationwide application of that rule into place. So zero to 24 weeks would get you, you know, abortion huts on the corner when you're having brunch. And then 24 weeks on to the end of the pregnancy, you'd have to go get one doctor, a liberal doctor guaranteed will pop up in your town that is going to be able to approve every single request that you put in for health. It is a, it's basically a zero to end of pregnancy uh, allowance. And that is what the Democrats want. And it shouldn't surprise you. That's what they want. It's in their platform. This is what they want. Ask any Democratic politician. Tim Ryan, for example, was asked about this. Tim Ryan is a a Democrat running in Ohio. He's got up against J.D. Vance for the Senate seat there. And he's a guy who was explicitly picked by the Democrats to come out and be the guy who can be moderate enough as a Democrat, to win in Ohio. He's supposed to be a blue dog Democrat, one of these guys who's sensible. He's not AOC, right? That's at least the pitch. When asked, would he rule out uh, third-term abortions, he said the woman should be able to to decide. Well, the woman would always have to decide. No one's going to force her to have an abortion. So basically what you're saying is, yes, you would like abortion all the way to the end of the pregnancy. And this is supposed to be the moderate part of the Democratic Party. So what are the two positions of these parties right now? You have the Democrats who say women's choice from day one of conception all the way to birth. Okay, and you look, there are a few people who are saying after birth, but let's toss them out for just a second from from the entire pregnancy all the way up into birth is what the Democratic Party, not not some fringe, crazy member who's way out there. And I'm picking the easiest example. I'm talking about a blue dog Democrat just said this. Their actual bill literally does what I'm describing. What is the Republican plan? Well, the Republicans say no abortion except for cases of rape and incest and life and health of the mother. Uh, Typically, that's where they are. Now, there are variations on that. Some people say they... Uh, They don't want the exceptions. Some people will allow, you know, certainly some uh, Republicans will allow for first term abortions. Uh, So there are there is some fluctuation there, just like there's some fluctuation on the Democratic side. But the general position, go back, look at George W. Bush's position on abortion. Life of the uh, life of the mother, rape, incest, all exceptions there. But no, no, no abortions as birth control. No abortion on demand is the Republican position. The Republican position is constantly painted as wildly out of step with America. It is painted as this position that is crazy. It's just, you know, it's Gilead. It's the handmaid's tale all over again in the one reference these people seem to know. Where the Democrats is is seen as freeing and understandable and in, uh, in step with the American people. Let's look at the polling. Let's not look at one poll that describes the name of a court ruling from 1973 that no one seems to understand. Let's instead ask the actual specifics. We have multiple pieces of data for you on, on, on this issue. Chartapalooza, conservators unite. Let's get to the charts. Okay, how many Americans say that abortion should be legal in all cases? Okay, in the first trimester, 38% say it should be legal in all cases. Another 23% say it should be legal in most cases. All right. 
Then you have in the second trimester, that, go, that drops down from 61% in the first trimester, drops down in the second trimester to 34%. 15% say it should be illegal, all, legal all the time. 19% say it should be legal in most cases. In the last trimester, again, this is the Democratic Party position. Last trimester, and you know, last trimester means, you know, what, seventh month, maybe eighth month, uh, you know, ninth uh, in, in the beginning. The Democratic position is actually more liberal, more radical than this. They want it up to the last second of birth. But 8% of people say it should be legal in all cases. 11% say that it should be legal in most cases. So you have incredible opposition to second and third term abortion. Okay, let's go to the next poll. Here is a, a more detailed asking of this. I'll break it down for you here with Americans. Which of the following statements comes closest to your opinion on abortion? One, abortion should be available to a woman anytime she wants during her entire pregnancy. That number, the Democratic Party position, is 17%. 17% once again. Now, as you start to open it up, you, get, you start to bring in more people. But let's start from the bottom here. Abortion should never be permitted is only 12% of the population. You get to 21%, uh, another nine additional percentage points uh, for uh, abortion being allowed only to save the life. If you go to the exceptions of uh, rape and incest, you add another 28% of the population. So now we are at the Republican position on abortion. Again, I'll, just to recap, uh, you have people who say it should only be allowed in cases of rape, incest, the life of the mother. Okay, That is 49%. So in this poll, it shows 49% agree with the Republican position on abortion and 17% agree with the Democratic position. In the middle, you have uh, abortion should be allowed only for the first three months of the pregnancy. But that means 71% are in a position where they are far, far more conservative than our laws are today. 71%. Okay, let's go to the next one. Again, breaking it up by trimesters. 60% of people say that during the first three months, uh, it should be available to women. That number drops to 28% in the second trimester and 13% in the third trimester. Again, that is the Democratic Party position. 13%, 14%, 17%. It's consistent over multiple years and multiple polling organizations. Very few people actually agree with what the Democrats are saying, and they have to constantly make it seem like Republicans are doing things that they're not to continue the circle of grift. They must have the circle of grift. What is the circle of grift? Well, let's give it to you here. You got to vote Democrat. Why do you have to vote Democrat? To protect women's rights. Well, are they protected now that we've elected Democrats? Are they protected? No! It's even worse than before. Well, now what? We've got to do something. What do we do? We have to vote Democrat. Why? To protect women's rights. Are they protected? No! It's even worse than before. Now what? We've got to do something. What do we do? We vote Democrat. Why? To protect women's rights. Are they protected? No! It's even worse than before. Now what? We have to do something. What do we do? Vote Democrat. And on and on. On and on and on. This is the scam. Look, the truth is that I, Stu, am way out of step with the average American on the issue of abortion. I own it and love it. I think that babies should, like, be born and stuff. I realize I own a position that is extreme in this society. 
but at least I admit it. The Democratic Party is more extreme than any position I hold based on polling. Their platform, their laws, and their people are extremists. The average person is in the middle. They want a bunch of exceptions for rape and incest and too many white claws or whatever it is on a given poll. Here's the thing, though. This is one of those issues where only the extremes actually make sense. If you believe this is a human life, that my position is basically the only defensible one. You can't kill innocent human beings because you don't want them around. That's not, that's not how humanity operates. However, if you somehow believe that this doesn't count as a human life, then the Democratic Party position is really the only defensible one. If it isn't a life, what do I care? Why restrict abortion at all? Why do I want it safe, legal, and rare? Like if God came down from the clouds and said, I appreciate all your efforts and everything on this abortion stuff, but actually that's totally not a life. Don't worry about it at all. I probably should have made that clear in the Bible or something. My bad. Sorry about that. Then I would say, oh, wow, really? No, geez, I blew that one. Abort away, everyone. Why would I care? Why would I care if it wasn't a life? And similarly, if the God of the liberals you know, I don't know who that is. Harry Styles, maybe. I don't know. And Harry comes down and he says, guys, I appreciate you caring about women's rights and everything. I know your heart was in the right place, but like you're actually just responsible for killing 63 million people. So you should probably change things. I would assume that the left, if they really believe that was true, they would want all abortions to go away, too. This is how you know this is not a, a, an issue of women's rights. Do you think a pro-life person cares if an adult has an unnecessary surgery to remove a benign tumor? No. If it's not ending another life, you can pretty much remove any body part you want. You can even pretend you're the other gender. Just don't kill people. No one wants control of your body. Stop flattering yourself. Or better yet, stop ending the innocent lives of children. Happy to welcome Josh Hammer back to the program. He's the opinion editor for Newsweek, as well as host of the Josh Hammer Show. Be sure to check it out and subscribe. Josh, it's a big day. How's it going? Stu, it's it's going well. It's been a it's been, it's been a long day, but it's a deeply important day for the country. Obviously, great to be with you. Yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time. I want to uh, get into the leak and everything that that means here in a couple minutes. But I want to start with I think the meat of this. Uh, we there's this idea that maybe this would be a half measure. Maybe they would approve the Mississippi law and cut out, come up with some little carve out um, to maybe expand the restrictions on abortion that were available to the states, but not really go all the way. That's not what happened here, is it? So that was, that was definitely my prediction. I actually went back to review the tweet that I sent the afternoon of the Dobbs oral argument. What it looks like I predicted was either a 3-3-3 split where the chief judges would be able to peel away both Barrett and Kavanaugh or at least some sort of 4-2-3 situation where they get a Roberts, Barrett or Roberts, Kavanaugh controlling basically exactly what you just said. That would that would find a way to uphold the Mississippi statute, the 15 week ban, while not actually touching Roe. That's not what happens. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I am pleasantly surprised, which, you know, I've been following judicial politics, the Judiciary Supreme Court for a while now. I mean, at least since my first year of law school, maybe even a little before that. This is the first time that I have been really pleasantly surprised of this 
drastic a nature. I mean, if, if, first of all, Justice Thomas, you know, because the chief, when he doesn't join the majority, the most senior justice assigns the opinion, that would be Justice Thomas. So he could have kept it for himself or given it to Justice Barrett, which would have been my guess. I, you know, for obvious reasons, I thought Amy Coney Barrett would have had the majority. And I'm really happy that Sam Alito looks like he has the majority because he is the most forceful, fiery conservative up there on the court. He does not pull any punches. This opinion reads like someone who is frankly ticked off that conservatives have not repealed this thing already. And good for the court. I mean, look, we'll get into the leak, obviously, but this opinion is orders of magnitude better than I would have expected. And I, I obviously at this point just pray that it holds and that Kavanaugh and Barrett have the stiffened spine to do what must be done here. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about this as it was uh, coming down and this report was leaking out. If we were to do a, a draft, a conservative draft uh, for who you want to write this opinion, my guess is conservatives, you know, look, Clarence Thomas is going to go first overall in almost any, every one of uh, these drafts like this. But I think the sneaky best pick might actually be Alito. Totally. Yeah. So Thomas and Alito are are by far the two most solid conservatives on the court. Obviously, I think reasonable people could could dis, could disagree. Excuse me. I mean, Clarence Thomas is the most principled originalist. Sam Alito is the most fiery conservative. Mm. Uh, whatever the, whatever the area is, he does not pull any punches. He's probably my personal favorite jurist for that reason alone. That's kind of my cup of tea, obviously. Um, but I, I, it's a great opinion. I, I mean, seriously, congratulations to Justice Alito and his clerks. Uh, a big part of the uh, reasoning here was, look, you can't find abortion in the Constitution either way. I mean, there's no, this was horribly argued at the beginning. I believe they said egregiously uh, at the very start. Uh, this was wrong from the beginning, and that's kind of how they attacked it. Can you kind of walk people through the actual reasoning as to why they're overturning Roe versus Wade, in theory, if it happens? I, I'm, still on, I'm still on the uh, <laughs> no chickens until they hatch policy. Uh, if it happens, what was the reasoning? No, and that's the right policy to have. I mean, look, in my role as opinion editor of Newsweek, I have told all my deputy editors that when we talk about this case, when we have pieces that are opining on this, the necessary language hedging should be there in every single piece mm. under the caveat, on the presumption that the, that the opinion as leaked actually holds and so forth. So having said that, uh, um, you know, look, I, 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 the, the basic argument against Roe versus Wade is very straightforward. The basic argument is that the so-called right to abortion is nowhere to be found anywhere in the Constitution whatsoever. So the way the constitutional law basically works is, you know, you have structural constitution, we have the separation of powers, Article 1, Article 2, Article 3. And then you have federalism where both the national government and the states have kind of separate spheres of sovereignty. But because our framers were also scared, not just of a, of a, of a monarchy, but they were, they were also scared of kind of the excesses of direct democracy, of mobocracy, of majoritarianism. That's James Madison talking about faction in the Federalist 10 right there. They also put in this system of the Bill of Rights. And, you know, the, what those Bill of Rights are there for is to take certain rights off the table where majorities cannot touch them, cannot override them, cannot curtail them. Now, under modern constitutional law doctrine, these rights are incorporated against the states under Section 1 of the 14th Amendment. The traditional vehicle for doing that is the due process clause under a doctrine known as, quote unquote, substantive due process. That itself, it should sound like a bit of an oxymoron because it is a bit of an oxymoron, <laughs> as Justice Thomas and Justice Scalia, before he passed away, said time and time again. The clause due process of law says nothing about substance whatsoever. But Roe versus Wade in 1973 used substantive due process to incorporate a right to abortion against the states. It built off a case eight years prior, Griswold versus Connecticut, 
which was a case where they first established the so-called right to privacy. It was from the penumbras of the emanations and the Bill of Rights. I mean, they weren't even hiding it. They basically were saying, we know it's in there. Don't worry about a precise textual citation for it. We're just telling you it's in there because we're lawyers, we're smart, whatever. Then they took that and eight years later, they concocted, they turned that right to privacy into a right to abort your unborn child. So the actual constitutional law underpinning of Roe versus Wade is famously awful. I mean, it just simply does not rest on firm footing. As John Hart Eli, the personally liberal, personally pro-abortion, former Harvard law professor famously once said, despite that, he famously said, Roe versus Wade is not constitutional law and it gives no semblance of purporting to be constitutional law. So that's basically what Sam Alito says. He takes through all the arguments and he was just like, this is not there. It is not a right. Therefore, under the 10th Amendment, it is an issue for the states. Mm. It really, I mean, it does seem to be a really strong uh, strong shoot down, basically uh, smackdown. I guess I'm looking for of of Roe versus Wade, which is what you know the sensible thought has demanded for a very long time. When we look at the actual uh, breakdown of the court, we have five conservatives that we at least, and this is I think all dependent on the reporting, right, from Politico. We believe five. Uh, uh, of the conservatives are on board with this. Three liberals are against. And then John Roberts is seemingly undecided. What do we think that means? Is he trying to forge some third way? What, 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 what is going on here? Yeah, I think that's exactly what he's trying to do, right? So the Wall Street Journal actually had an editorial under the, you know, the review and outlook, the journal signs editorials. Basically last week, it was roughly one week ago where they said exactly that, that they were relying on sources. So by the way, my reading of the journal's editorial actually was that there was a separate leak. So my Mm. reading of the situation is that this is actually a very leaky court in general, which is no bueno. I mean, that's a very, very, very bad thing for all sorts of reasons. But I think the chief pretty clearly is trying to find a middle ground position you go back to the Dobbs oral argument from December 1st, his questions to the state of Mississippi, to counsel, basically suggested he was like, counsel, help me through here. You know, can we do exit but not actually go all the way to Y? In real time, he was trying to kind of think that out. So I have no doubt that the chief has been trying to kind of pull over Kavanaugh or Barrett because when you don't have a five justice majority, even if you have a four justice plurality to overturn Roe or Casey, put another way, if either Barrett or Kavanaugh defect. If one of them defects and joins the chief in that kind of four, two, three bizarre split that I was talking about earlier, then at that point, it's the it's it's the controlling opinion. It would be the two justice opinion that could find a way to uphold Mississippi, but not actually overturned Roe. So this is who John Roberts is. Obviously, he is an incrementalist. He's always trying to move the ball forward in the narrowest way possible obviously motivated by a host of different factors outside of the Constitution and jurisprudence. He's motivated by the institutional integrity of the court and all this ridiculous stuff that he really should not be concerned about because he didn't take an oath of office to do that, right. took an oath of office to uphold the Constitution. But I have no doubt that that's what he's trying to do. That's It's not your job, John. That's not your job. Uh, you, know, you might want that to be your job, but that's not your job. You know, understand the Constitution and rule on what you believe is constitutional. Um, so talk to me a little bit about, uh, Josh, about the idea that the left keeps bringing up, which is this is settled You know, this has been 50 years. It's been there for 50 years. We can't overturn it. This is crazy. Uh, There are other examples. And I, you know, Alito spends some time going through them here uh, of 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 the country doing this when something is wrong. We're supposed to get it right. Isn't that the concept? Yeah, of course, that's the concepts, too. I mean, look, I I, at oral argument, this came up. I mean, are, are the people who are 
so pro stare decisis, who are allegedly so pro precedent. I mean, did they want Plessy versus Ferguson to be overturned? Do they want the Korematsu decision with respect to Japanese internment during World War II? Do they want those cases to be overturned? You know, I think if they're being even slightly intellectually honest, of course they would answer yes. But the fundamental question here, to get back to what I was saying on the last time with Roberts and his extracurricular concerns, the fundamental question is, what do you have an oath to do? So, you know, I would direct your listeners, I, I wrote like a long, like 5,000 word essay for National Affairs Journal about a year and a half ago entitled Overrule Stare Decisis. You know, I thought I was trying to be clever with the title, obviously. <laughs> but the basic argument here is that the justice, again, take an oath to the Constitution. Their oath is to the Constitution and the statutes and treaties that are passed pursuant to the Constitution. Their oath is not to a five-member majority of the Supreme Court, no matter how they interpret it. That's simply not how it works. Look, I, even under a slightly less doctrinaire view of stare decisis, there were traditional stare decisis factors how workable the precedent was, you know, what would be the consequences of overturning. Well, look, Roe and Casey proved to be worse than unworkable. They purported to kind of end the abortion dispute, but anyone with even a cursory level observation of what has happened in America over the past 30 years since Casey, the past 49 years since Roe, is that tensions have been totally inflamed. This is still like our, our great roiling moral controversy. So they have not even come close to being successful on their own self-avowed terms. So even under the, the, the more traditional kind of list of stare decisis, factors, it, it has failed on its own terms. But Alito, really interestingly, in his opinion, as you alluded to, Stu, he has what lawyers would call the, a, a string site, this like very long site after site after site after site, where he's just showing liberals how oftentimes overruling precedent has actually redounded to liberals' interest because the policies that were overruled there ended up helping liberals, or at least they liked the policies. So it's very clever. Um, and again, it's just it's just a very strong opinion by a very strong conservative jurist, Sam Alito. Yeah, and it's, it's such a ridiculous standard. I mean, they, they constantly complain about something like Citizens United and want it overturned. It's, it's just, right. I mean, it's obviously just they're just using it for their own purposes it's not a real point um at this at this at this juncture at least um let me um let me get get, let me get to the leak a little bit here because this is i think a fascinating part of this because my take on it immediately was look this is clearly somebody on the left i think uh a clerk or one of the justices themselves probably sotomayor if it was that that way it, uh leaking this to put pressure on Kavanaugh on Barrett to try to get them to flip a, a Hail Mary, a last second, I uh, hope to put pressure on them, to put pressure on their families, uh, to to make them scared to uh, God only knows what else. It's an effort to try to get one of them to flip before this decision comes out. Is that the right way to think about it? Is that what you think it is? So that is my best guess. I mean, again, there's really no way of knowing for sure. In a situation like this where there are so many moving parts, I tend to err on the side of Occam's razor. I mean, the simplest, most straightforward explanation is probably going to be the correct explanation. If you go back to the Dobbs oral argument, you know, and you listen to what the justice were asking, Sonia Sotomayor really sounded a heck of a lot like a Democratic National Committee or MSNBC talking head partisan hack. Mm -hmm. I mean, the questions that she was asking were, were laughable. I mean, she was literally asking questions, to that, you know, I mean, like a drunk 19 year old in the college dorms had a few too many would be like, oh, when does, how do we know when human life begins? I mean, this is, this is a sophomoric way of approaching the abortion dispute, obviously. So uh, my best guess is that a clerk in her chambers probably went rogue, but it would really would not surprise me if she actually signed off on this. 
And the way to think about that is you have to understand, I, I, not you, I know you understand, but like your, the listeners, viewers, abortion is their thing. They love this issue. The precise phrase that I've used over and over again over the years is it's their foremost pagan sacrament. I mean, it is what they live for. As a Sixth Circuit judge, Amul Thapar wrote in a very good opinion from either late last September or early October, can't quite remember, he said there are two sets of rules. I'm paraphrasing here. Basically, there are two sets of rules as pertains to constitutional litigation in the courts. There are the rules for all cases, and then there are the separate rules for abortion. Uh, I've called this abortion exceptionalism. All the various rules and procedures get thrown out the book on the left's favorite issue. And a good example of that, historically speaking, would be kind of the so-called viability standard that Planned Parenthood versus Casey came up with. There was no analog to that. It's completely made up. It is only an abortion. There's no other constitutional law area where that is a specific standard. And obviously what happened here with respect to this literally unprecedented leak, nothing like this has ever happened before, ever. You know, all the rules were clearly just totally thrown out of the book this time as well. And, and and it's because this is their thing. It's their issue. It's what they build this entire philosophy on. And they, let me let me end there because uh, you've been great on all these uh, the details here as a legal expert and, and everything that you're able to a- analyze that I don't understand. Um, but like fundamentally, why, Josh? Why? Why would your thing be? not wanting children to be born. I mean, I understand it's a little maybe more complicated than that, but like I can understand when we have a disagreement about minimum wage. I mean, I don't agree with their side of that argument, but like I can understand it. I can understand why they want higher taxes on rich people. I don't agree with it, but I can see. I don't understand why you would have so much passion to make sure children are not born. Why is it their thing? Stu, it's a great question. It's a question I've asked myself many times over the years, obviously. Um, I, I, the best I can do is try to answer because I'm not a leftist. I don't think like this. I don't, I don't particularly know. The, I mean, the most obvious answer is that they really just want carefree sex, right? I mean, that has to be the answer, right? I mean, you, they, they want this culture that's kind of pervaded ever since the 1960s with obviously the adoption of, of the pill, uh, Plan B, things of that nature. They want this culture where you can just go around, you know, the, the hookup culture on universities. I mean, you know, I graduated college only 11 years ago, so it's not like I didn't see all this myself. They just want this culture of just being able to have like flings and romantic pursuits and just simply not worry about the consequences. Uh, I, I think they I think they've they've diluted themselves into thinking of abortion as a contra- as a form of contraception. Like to them, they have literally kind of I, I adopted, I think, hook, line, and sinker. The idea that, you know, if uh, if a condom breaks or like the, the, the abortifacient doesn't work or whatever, the, the, what, you know, whatever the, the woman is taking as far as a birth control, that the abortion at the end is there to kind of kick in and take care of what needs to be done. It, it, it's disgusting because it, it literally is ignoring, obviously, what Stephen Douglas famously ignored in his 1858 debates with Abraham Lincoln, which is the humanity of the separate lives involved. For Stephen Douglas, of course, that was the humanity of black people, of slaves in the Western territories. And obviously here, that is the humanity of the unborn child. Look, thankfully, since Roe versus Wade was written 49 years ago, the state of neonatal science, of prenatal science, I should say, has really advanced to the point where we do not doubt the authenticity of the humanity of the unborn child. We know that that is the case. In fact, Harry Blackman, the author of Roe vs. Wade himself, actually had language in that opinion where he expressly said that this holding today, basically, it, it, it is contingent upon the current state of medical science, and we are open to the idea that this holding might need to change if the medical science actually advances. Well, it has. 
we have much better technology these days and we know beyond a doubt that there was a unique DNA code from, from the moment of conception. That is a life, period. Mm. Well, there we go. Um, this, is a, this is a big one. And again, I am not counting any chickens before they hatch. All the disclaimers apply. But if this happens, this is a day I never saw coming. I did not think I'd ever see this day. It will be amazing if it actually does happen. Josh Hammer, opinion editor for Newsweek and host of The Josh Hammer Show. Josh, thanks so much for coming on and explaining this to all of us. I appreciate it. You bet, Stu. Take care. Yes, Roe versus Wade. It looks like it's in trouble, doesn't it? Uh, we, of course, got the draft ruling earlier this week, and I've been threatening all week to kind of go through it, and I thought today would be a good day to go through it because a lot of people have been talking about the, the leak and the repercussions and all the stuff surrounding it. But what does it actually say? I think this is really important. So, as you know, the Supreme Court has voted to overturn abortion rights, as co- according to a draft opinion. Uh, we have, of course, the ruling. It's 98 pages. The last 35 or so are examples and references and things like that. Uh, We won't go into all of that right now, but let me get into some of the argument itself. This is, of course, Samuel Alito, who is 72 years old, and I swear he looks like 52. What what kind of weird deal with the devil does Samuel Alito have? Do we know? He doesn't look 72 to me. Anyway, um, here's what he writes. At the time of Roe, 30 states still prohibited abortion at all stages. In the years prior to that decision, about a third of the states had liberalized their laws, but Roe abruptly ended that political process. It imposed the same highly restrictive regime on the entire nation, and it effectively struck down the abortion laws of every single state. This is one of the things that's important about this. You you know, at one point, people got to make their own decisions on abortion, a very divisive issue. You know, red states of today would make one decision, blue states the other. Roe versus Wade just forced everyone to take on the blue state standard. And that was the problem. It's why it's created 50 years of turmoil. Uh, as uh, the Alito draft leak goes on, we hold that Roe and Casey, Casey's the 1990s abortion case, must be overruled. The Constitution makes no reference to abortion. No such right is implicitly protected by any constitutional provision, including the one in which the defenders of Roe and Casey now chiefly rely, the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment. That provision has been held to guarantee some rights that are not mentioned in the Constitution, but any such right must be deeply rooted in this nation's history and tradition and implicit in the concept of ordered liberty. It doesn't, of course, uh, add up to either one of those. I mean, this is a this is a brand new thing in 1973. They kind of just made it up out of whole cloth. Uh, it goes on. Roe was egregiously wrong from the start. A freaking men. And this is one of the reasons why you want Alito writing this opinion. Thomas would have been great, too. But Alito has a way with with clarity and uh, force, and he, he used that here. Roe was egregiously wrong from the start. Its reasoning was exceptionally weak, and the decision has had damaging consequences. And far from bringing about a national settlement of the abortion issue, which is kind of what they promised back then, Roe and Casey have inflamed debate and deepened division. Can anyone disagree with that sentiment? It's time to heed the Constitution and return the issue of abortion to the people's elected representatives. The permissibility of abortion and the limitations upon it are to be resolved like most important questions in our democracy by citizens trying to persuade one another and then voting. How many times have you seen this week liberals, Democrats, media members go on TV? I I repeat myself, of course, with those three. Uh, examples. Uh, how many times have you seen them go on TV and say, I can't believe these guys are taking away these rights. They're taking away these rights from the people. 
No, that's not true. The, the American people can choose whether they want those rights or not by voting for them, by electing people who would vote them and put those laws in. I still don't think that's the right solution. I think that's too weak. When it comes to the life of a baby, we should have more protections than what do you guys want to vote for? But that is all it does. If you want these abortion rights, then fight for them, just like you fight for a tax cut or, in your case, a tax hike. That's what you do. This is how this stuff works in America. Uh, The Alito opinion goes on. The inescapable conclusion is that a right to abortion is not deeply rooted in the nation's history and traditions. And as they point out, 30 states didn't have abortion at all when Roe versus Wade was decided. It was something that the founders just kind of thought was obvious, frankly. Nobody was having them back in those days, at least in these numbers. And it was not something that was, generally speaking, uh, looked upon kindly. Of course, as we got to a point where medicals, uh, the medical um, technology advanced, we started seeing things that people back in the 1700s had no idea about. And, uh, you know, look, I can, I can, if they put it in the Constitution, I would have to say, look, to overturn it, we need to have a constitutional amendment, even though we now have much more uh, understanding as to what this process is and what a baby looks like at the time uh, when they're at three, four, five, six months. But that is not the case. They didn't put it in the Constitution for a very good reason. And, you know, the fact that you could make it up, you know, 200 years after the founding is not a good enough reason to keep it any longer than we have to have it. Uh, one of the big complaints about this was that we, there's precedent here. There are 50 years of precedent. And, you know, look, it did happen 50 years ago. Of course, it would follow 150 years of precedent before that. Lots of things that are bad ideas get overturned that had real precedent and several rulings behind them. We could go through those. But as Alito writes, on many other occasions, this court has overruled important constitutional decisions. We know a lot of the names. You know, uh, you know there was a time when, uh, you know, Uh, Everything from, I mean, gay marriage is one that, of course, the left absolutely loves these days. We know about uh, internment camps. We know about, um, you know, just, you know, the ability to have sex if you're gay was a crime in in a large chunk of our nation's history. A lot of these things were overturned in the courts, just the way that it was, despite the fact there was tons of rulings that would have backed them up if we just stuck to precedent. Nobody really wants precedent. Precedent is an argument when you, you already have the law on your side and you just want to keep it that way. You know, no Democrat argues precedent when we're talking about uh, Citizens United. They all want it overturned. They don't care about precedent because they didn't like the ruling. That's just the way this is. Uh, Alito goes on. Roe was on a collision course with the Constitution from the day it was decided. And Casey perpetuated its errors. And the errors do not concern some arcane quarter of the law uh, of little importance to the American people. Rather, wielding nothing but raw judicial power, the court usurped the power to address a question of profound moral and social importance that the Constitution unequivocally, unequivocally... leaves for the people. Casey described itself as calling both sides of the national controversy to resolve their debate. But in doing so, Casey necessarily declared a winning side. And that is, of course, very true. That's not what the court's supposed to do. It's not supposed it's supposed to look at the Constitution and say if it's a constitutional or not. It's not supposed to say, well, let me find a point that we can all agree on. And then don't mention anything else about that topic after today. That's not the way the American people work. And it's certainly not how the Supreme Court is supposed to work. 
Those on the losing side, those who sought to advance the state's interest in fetal life, could no longer seek to persuade their elected representatives to adopt policies consistent with their views. You know, that's he's summarizing there, but that's their, our system of government. Uh, the court short-circuited the democratic process by closing it to the large number of Americans who dissented in any respect from Roe. This court's inability to end debate on the issue should not have been surprising. This court cannot bring about the permanent resolution of rancorous national controversy simply by dictating a settlement and telling people to move on. When you tell people to move on in America, generally speaking, they do the opposite. That's us. Those are the people you got. I'm sorry, you got the people who got on the Mayflower. Well, not the Mayflower exactly, but the people who got on the boat, they came over here and they said, you know what? Screw all you all people over there. You guys, you guys are annoying. You know, you're doing all your king crap. We're going over there. We're just going to try something new. That, you got, that's who you have here. Then you have immigrants from all over the world who said, you know what? All the stuff we're doing here, we're, we don't like this. We're going over there. We're the people that are, we're the badasses. We're going to get on a boat. We're going to go over there and check, uh, check out the situation over there and make a country of our own. We're an all-star team here. We're people who want to be able to express ourselves. So stop telling us to shut up and let everybody participate in the system that has been designed and has stood for 250 years. We end this opinion where we began as we get to the conclusion of the Alito opinion. Abortion presents a profound moral question. The Constitution does not prohibit the citizens of each state from regulating or prohibiting abortion. Roe and Casey arrogated that authority. We now overrule those decisions and return that authority to the people and their elected representatives. The judgment of the Fifth Circuit is reversed, and the case is remanded for further proceedings consistent with this opinion. It is so ordered. Will it be? We're going to see here. Uh, we're going to see what, how this all turns out, of course, over the next weeks, months, and years. But this is, no matter what happens with everything surrounding it, this is the truth. It's the truth. It's been the truth since the beginning. Even people on the left, uh, legal experts on the left, have said, Roe versus Wade, I really want abortion to be legal, but that ruling sucked. What were they doing? This is a very common thing in legal circles, and, and, and it's obvious. It's obvious. The moral reasoning is, is true, and the logical reasoning is true. Look, the truth is, overturning Roe versus Wade is an important step in the fight for life, if it happens. We will be one baby step closer to protecting innocent life, as your country, our faith, and basic common sense requires. But this is not the end. It's still the beginning. Changing laws can only do so much. People can travel to blue states that will allow abortion with no restrictions. Organizations will line up to pay for that travel. Amazon is going to pay $4,000 in travel expenses to its employees who want to participate in this form of abortion tourism. Good news. Good news. I guess if they have to ship back the remains, Amazon does offer free two-day delivery with your Prime membership. Even if America outlawed abortion completely, which we should, there are organizations lined up around the world to send abortion pills in the mail. That one part of our healthcare system that the left will be glad to leave completely unregulated. Eventually, people will need to be persuaded of the truth. That's how this ends. That abortion is an ugly scar on humanity and that people should recoil in horror that it was ever allowed. It seems far away now, yes, but it probably felt far away uh, that slavery would be looked at in horror back in Lincoln's era. 
If slavery were somehow legalized today, you wouldn't order slaves from Amazon, who, by the way, would offer you free two-day delivery with your Prime membership. You aren't buying slaves today because you correctly recognize that it was wrong. It was one of the worst ideas humanity has ever come up with. You're not avoiding the purchase of slaves because it's illegal. You're avoiding it because it's a revolting thought to supposedly own another human being. I would propose that eventually, probably long after we're dead and buried, but eventually, the American people will come to view abortion in the same way, as an inexplicable error of history, as an embarrassment, as a black mark on humanity as a whole, to our absolute shame. Until then, we should celebrate each little victory we have fought for. We should celebrate every life that might now exist. But we should also realize there is much, much more left to be done. 